Hello, everyone. I'm Shannon Torrance, and welcome to Magic is Real, a podcast focused on proof of afterlife, whose mission is to bring hope and inspiration to others and to spread the word that death is only an illusion. If these interviews resonate with you and you want to hear more like them, you can support the podcast by liking, subscribing, and sharing with like-minded friends. Thank you so much, and thank you for being a part of the Magic is Real family. I wish you peace, light, and love always. Hello, everyone. Happy 2022. It's been a while since my last episode. There were holidays. I got COVID. I'm so happy to be back with you and to bring to you today my guest, Paula Lentz. Paula is the author of a book called Driving Into Infinity, Living With My Brother's Spirit, which is about her shared death experience with her brother in spirit. And today she's going to share with us her story and the insights that she gleaned from this experience and um, tell you a little bit about what's going on with her and um, where you can find her and that sort of thing. But to start with, Paula, I'd love to know about you, the person, the human. Um, can you tell me a little bit about anything you'd like to share about your childhood, how you grew up, what your spiritual beliefs may have been before this, I would assume, life-changing experience? Yes. Yes, it was a life-changing experience for sure. Well, I grew up in Texas and uh, I have had a very long um, career and I retired in 2016. Um, but after that, I uh, hadn't been here too long. I, we moved to Colorado and I hadn't been here very long when I knew that I needed to write this book that... Uh, about my story, because what I'm going to relate to you here today, most people did not know anything about this, what had happened to me. There were only a couple of my very closest friends uh, who ever really heard anything about this. This was not something that I shared openly, as I do now. And that was a point I reached uh, when, as I said, I retired. And I just thought, you know what, the time's come for me to share this with the world. And my goal is to help other people who experience uh, life-changing deaths of others that they love. And um, that is the, the main reason that I wrote this book. And so, you know, my story really begins in 1982 when I started having this recurring dream. And, um, you know, this dream was always the same. And I, I was outside in, in this dream, I was outside on these hills and a, a large crowd started gathering there. And uh, someone came up to me and, and asked me what was happening. And I said, I, I've heard that it's the end of the world. And everyone was looking up in the sky at that point, and there appeared Jesus. And in the moment that that happened in my dream, I just doubled over almost to the ground. Uh, I, I was experiencing the worst pain of my life, but it wasn't physical pain. It was like heartfelt suffering and agony beyond words. And as I doubled over, I kept saying in this dream, but it isn't supposed to be this way. I thought the end of the world was supposed to be joyous. And then at that point, the dream would end. And at that point, I, I had no idea what this dream meant at all. But fast forward a year to Friday, October the 7th, 1983, and uh, that morning, I was driving my husband to, to work because I was going on to this Greek festival in Houston, which is where I lived at the time, uh, to get together with a lot of friends. And so I got together with them at the Greek Orthodox Church to have an outdoor festival. We were at lunch, this huge crowded area. I looked across the room, and I see my husband coming across there toward me. 
And I thought, well, that's kind of weird because he wasn't supposed to show up until later in the afternoon. And, you know, it was lunchtime. And as he got closer to me and I saw his face, I knew that something terrible had happened. And uh, when he got close to me, he put his hands on my arms and he looked me right in the eyes and he said, Donnie was killed in an accident this morning. Now, Donnie was my brother who was four years younger than me. I'm the oldest in the family. Uh, I do have a sister who's 10 years younger. But my brother and I grew up together, you know, with only four years apart. I was always looking out after him and uh, making sure he was okay because my mother always warned me, now you look after your brother. <laughs> um, but when he, when my husband looked at me and told me this, I just looked at him and in my mind's eye, all I could see was the earth in front of me, just falling, falling, falling and shattering at my feet. And I just, the grief for me was just unbearable. And I was completely destroyed as was, of course, our whole family was. And I, I'll just share one of the paragraphs from our book. I think that aptly describes it. It's a reads, every moment was sheer agony during those days with no words to adequately describe a broken heart. Nothing made sense and everything about life was dark. I barely slept. I moved in a daze. I wanted to die every day. This terrible impenetrable wall now separated me from ever having contact with my beloved brother ever again. How do you process that fact and integrate it into your life? I could not. And at the burial site, I wondered how I could possibly continue living after this. I mean, my brother and I were very close and you know, these things that happen, you always think they happen to someone else. And when it happens to you, there was just no, there was no um, living with that in terms of just integrating it quickly into your life, your thinking, everything. Um, so it was an unbearable. Um, but three days after my brother's funeral, uh, Donnie came back to me while I was driving and I, I was, um, I was actually driving his personal truck. It was a small little truck because he had been killed in a company truck. And um, I had decided to take some funeral flowers out to my grandparents' house. So I was by myself driving his truck. Um, and all of a sudden, about halfway there, uh, a strange thing began happening to me. I developed 360 degree vision. As I'm driving down this road, I can see everything around me. And you can imagine I'm in shock. I don't know what's happening to me. And then I became aware of that I could see my brother at my right shoulder area. And I could hear him speaking telepathically to me. And his body was made up of, I'll, I'll just say, a, a series of light points. Um, and during this time, he, the first thing he told me was that he didn't want me to be sad, that he was happy. And most of all, he wanted me to know a little bit of what life was like for him now. And he explained to me that he was on another plane of being and that it had simply been time for him to go. Well, at this point, I next became aware that I was no longer in my body and I was existing in, all I can say about it is that I was existing in a state of consciousness, but I was out in the middle of the universe with my brother and when I say I was out in the middle of the universe, it looks very much like the background that you see on this podcast. That's, that's what I saw 
and my consciousness was was with my brother and it was all about uh, this focus on experiencing infinity and eternity and that's the way I felt uh, throughout this entire experience with my brother and with no body restricting me at this point I felt that I was completely one with the universe and I was totally one with peace and love and all knowledge that's ever gone on in the universe and at that point, I thought about the phrase from the Bible of the peace that passes understanding. So I wasn't just thinking about these things, you know, it wasn't just going through my mind. I had actually become one with all of these concepts, all of these ideas I just related. And I knew and I understood in this state of being that everyone and everything is one with the spirit of you know what i call universal love god spirit you know whatever you want to call it and love is just the all-encompassing caring and creative element of the universe that's what spirit is whether you call it god or or whatever but for me it's spirit i don't think of god or spirit as a human being like man or woman I think of and my experience is that it's this creative this love energy I don't know how else to explain it it's hard to explain when you're experiencing spirit or God in this this way because it's just um, it's overwhelming in terms of how to put it into words that we can understand here on earth as to what that was like but I knew that, you know, there was just no separation of anything from God. It's just a question of that we kind of, in our human lives, you know, we're not always aware of that, essentially. But we can open up to spirit and realize, you know, that we are that consciousness of love that God is. And you know, I loved being in this state of consciousness. It was such freedom. And I didn't care one thing about going back to my body. I really didn't. It didn't, it just did earth and my life there. It just didn't matter to me. And um, I just felt like this was my natural state of being. And I wanted to experience more of this state of being with my brother. Um, but he told me at this point, um, when I was thinking, you know, I don't want to go back, then what happened was I, I suddenly began whooshing away very rapidly, almost like I could hear this rushing sound. But within an instant of that happening, I felt my brother's spirit or energy, uh, I'll say pushing on my shoulder, <laughs> I mean, or my spirit, my energy, whatever you want to say associated with my physical form. And my brother said to me, no, you can't go yet. It's not your time. And very suddenly, rapidly, you know, with a feeling of a thud, I just landed back in my physical body. I could actually see myself coming back down um, when I got closer. I could see myself coming back down um, going through literally the roof of the truck, you know, in back into driving. And when I landed back in my body, actually, I'd made a turn onto another roadway that led to my grandparents' house, which I have no recollection of doing that. Um, but I just felt so happy for the rest of the day. And it was just this glorious state that I was in it was like I was back on earth, I was back in my life, but it was almost like I, I still wasn't quite there. It was a very interesting state of being for that day, but I was very happy and I knew my brother was okay. And, you know, but the next day, um, you know, 
it just started all over again. I, I, I wasn't able to maintain that state of being. And I, I did fall back into very deep grief about losing my brother. Um, but I knew one thing, and that was that my life and my consciousness, my view of life on earth was never the same. And it was never going to be the same again after this experience that had just totally completely changed my consciousness but it didn't mean I, I wasn't still grieving uh, because you know I was grieving for a long time it took me a very long time to get beyond a lot of elements associated with uh, my brother's death and a lot of that I talk about in my book but you know some of the after effects that I had immediately after uh, this experience was for a while, when people would walk into a room, I could hear their thoughts. I could hear what they were thinking. And uh, I also, in the evening, sometimes I would take a walk through the neighborhood and uh, I would notice that as I walked through the neighborhood, you know, the street lights were already on, that as I would walk past, the street light would go out. And then once I got on down the road, it would come back on. And, you know, later I found out that that was, um, that was because this whole thing had changed my energy. And it was almost as though I was emitting light. You know, these street lights are geared to go off when, the, when it's daylight. And so that's what it would do, it, it would go off. But once I got past it far enough, then the light would come back on very interesting phenomenon. <laughs> um, but I also learned to see people's auras. And, uh, and I had a, a really interesting experience with a friend of mine, um, which I relate in my book, but um, that was an interesting deal. But the other thing is I, I, I also receive, I still receive at certain times in my life, I hear a voice giving me guidance as to, uh, for example, um, that same year that my brother died, uh, I, I received information in terms of relating to saving my family from carbon monoxide poisoning. And that was at the first Christmas at my dad's house after my brother had died. And, um, if it hadn't been for me, for some reason, I knew that something was wrong in the house. And I got, my sister was staying over there too, and I got her to open the front door because we were all sick. We were getting sick from carbon monoxide poisoning. poisoning. Everybody had already gone to bed and to sleep. But I got up and um, I told my sister, open the door. We've got to keep the door open. And it was very cold. And I had her open the kitchen window because I was so sick at that point, I couldn't stand up. And the next day, I told my dad, you know, we needed to open, open everything up, that there was something wrong in the house. And he eventually checked the furnace, and the furnace door had fallen off. So it was taking all the oxygen out of the house. And if I had not been led to that, we would have all died that night. So that was one of the first big deals that happened to me because honestly, you know, I was like uh, young, 30 at the time. And I really didn't know that much about carbon monoxide poisoning. You know, I mean, I mean, of course I'd heard of it and everything, uh, but that was a big deal. And so there were, there's been other things. Like I knew at a certain point that I needed to change my career path. It was like I was being guided to do that. And so I've had all these different kinds of intuitive messages come through to me through the years that have guided me in various ways, but probably saving up my family from, and myself and my husband from dying of carbon monoxide poisoning. That was the biggest deal. <clears throat> and, you know, I continue, like I say, to have uh, more after death communications and, and strange events that happened to me. And <clears throat> the other thing is I've continued to have outreach from my brother 
And, you know, some of the examples of that is um, I was seeing him in my living room. I mean, I would walk out of the bedroom and it was almost like just a glance and, and I would see him in there. <clears throat> and one day he was, it was like he was looking in the stereo cabinet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so here and there, that would happen. Uh, also, when I would come home from work, I would find that this one chair in our dining room had been pulled out. And this went on for a long time. And it turned out that that was the chair that when Donnie and my husband would play this crazy football game, that was the chair that he would sit in. They would sit in there in the dining room. And because uh, I asked my husband if he was going in there and sitting down, leaving this chair out. And he said, no, he never even went in there. And the other thing that happened too, with my husband, he and I were in our little TV room, um, is all of a sudden this video, we had a bunch of videos in the topmost shelf of this really tall bookcase. And the, the bookcase was, the shelves were pretty deep. Well, we're sitting there watching TV and all of a sudden this video from the top shelf just comes flying out across the room and lands at our feet. And the thing of it is, I think that was kind of for my husband because when my brother lived with us at one summer, they would get in there in the TV room and mess around with this video camera and film these goofy things. And so I think that that was really meant as an outreach to my husband at that time. Um, but, you know, like another time I came home from work and this chair had been placed in the middle of uh, the doorway that led into our bedroom. And I was frightened. I thought someone was in the house. And so I went running out of the house and I just stayed outside for a while, I left the front door open. And, you know, nothing happened. So I went back in and there, there was just no one there and I moved the, the, the chair back. But, you know, plus I kept a picture of my brother on my dresser and there were any number of times I would come home and that picture had been turned down. He was just trying to make himself known to me that he was he was still around and um, even my dad and his wife talked about at night after our brother was gone that they would hear the microwave buttons going off in the kitchen and see my brother used to go over there and you know go and eat with them raid their refrigerator and uh so you know even even my father experienced some things like that. Right. And actually, let me ask you, before this all happened, had you ever had any kind of precognition or psychic experiences or um, communication from spirit that, that you were aware of before this happened? No, I feel that before all this happened, that I was already intuitive about yeah. things, I'll say. But I certainly never had these overt kinds of events and understandings that I, I came to have after after that experience with my brother. Right. And did you? Um, and I I take it that you were raised in the church. I was raised Baptist. Yes. Okay. Uh, and you know the thing about it is, after my experience, I. I just couldn't go back to, I'll just say, organized religion, although um, I did end up going to Unity Church after that because it was a broader, more spiritual um, way of experiencing spirit, I'll say. Um, but yeah, religion and rules and regulations of, that people and de different denominations seem to put out there. I just knew it just wasn't like that. And I couldn't identify with that. Yeah, so that was going to be my question is how did it change your perception of spirituality or what's going on oh, in the universe? Uh, yes, just a complete turnaround. Um, and, you know, it just, I couldn't go back to uh, to viewing it that way. Right. But, you know, everybody's on their path. And yeah. however people 
understand or want to deal with that, you know, of course, that's up to them. But for myself, the expansion of my consciousness and what I experience, uh, you know, it just, um, I just came to understand that it's not really all the way that it's explained in religion. That's the only way I could put it. Right. And you describe this as do so many people who've had near-death experiences or shared death experiences that the knowledge comes to you in the form of it's almost osmosis, but telepathy. And it doesn't sound like anyone explained this. It's just that as soon as your soul returned to where it comes from, suddenly you just had that all-encompassing knowledge. Yes. And that is, is so exactly what you say because it's it's not as though somebody was telling you a bunch of stuff when you're in out in the universe or when you're in this experience of being consciousness or spirit or whatever it is as you said like osmosis or something it's just it's suddenly all of this information is just a part of you now yeah. And it's not things that you hear coming into your head or being said to you or anything like that. It's like when you return to your life on earth, you just have this built-in understanding. Oh, it's not really like that. You know, yeah. uh, it's just there. And it's very good uh, the way that you put that. <laughs> I'm glad to know other people also uh, express that and, and feel that as well. Because it is just like osmosis, as you say, it's just been absorbed into you. Yeah. Your energy. And I understand that from a personal experience too, that I always understood from hearing people like you uh, tell their stories, that um, obviously when you're a spirit, you don't have a mouth or ears. So you do communicate telepathically, which makes sense. But suddenly I had this re- uh, revel- revelation Um because I'm a medium that, oh yeah, that's what I'm doing. In fact, I now call myself a spirit translator instead of a spirit, instead of a medium for myself, because I realize that the way that spirit communicates with me is that same way. Um, It's maybe not as clear as when you're on the other side, but when I receive information, it's just a no, a very subtle, soft knowing that comes in and, and we're on different vibrations. So I have a harder time hearing it than you're than someone who's actually up there or over there or we're in that dimension whatever we call it even though it's here uh and it's so interesting I suddenly just went oh okay yeah I get it they're talking with me telepathically so it's really just my thoughts when I'm doing a reading I'm just telling someone what I'm seeing hearing feeling thinking and that's what telepathy is so it sort of clicked for me and suddenly I started to get a little bit better at it. And, and it's just this whole interesting thing, how it is possible, but in this dense world, it can be really hard to receive such subtle information. Um, and so I'm fascinated by that concept of just knowing it all. And when you come back, do you actually, I, I don't, I, do you actually remember everything you do you have the sense that you remember everything that you were um, quote unquote told or given? Um, did it stick with you all of it? Or was it more just sort of an understanding of, oh yeah, this isn't quite what I thought it was before? Uh, you know, um, it's, I feel like I was, ex- I'll say exposed to so much more than I consciously remember yeah. or use Uh, But, you know, that being said, my intuition and my knowingness about things, um, you know, it does naturally come through. But as far as being able to remember and know everything that I probably got from, you know, this this out of body, this total consciousness experience, I don't think, you know, I, I remember much in relation to probably what came through. But again, the energy uh, of my consciousness was enhanced. And so, you know, there are 
there are many times I'm intuitive about, oh, you know what, this is what I need to do. Um, and, and I just have this knowingness about it. Um, and I know that that is from my experience. Right. And the other question is, I'm assuming I, I already know what you're going to say, but I'm asking it anyway, <laughs> for the sake of conversation that people who cross, uh, who have near-death experiences typically come back and say it was realer than this reality that we know. So when people say, oh, it must've just been your brain firing off because you were on drugs or you were dying and you were losing oxygen, they say, no, you don't understand. It was so real. It was realer. I knew that that was real and this, this is the illusion. Did you have that same experience even though you weren't dead? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, we're, we're here to learn and, uh, take in this information and make decisions and, and experience love with friends and neighbors and whatever, but there's just so much more that, that came in that I, I will never probably consciously know about, but, you know, when, when, as I travel through my life, my lifetime here, um, different interesting things happen along the way in terms of what I do or don't know. And, um, you know, different gifts have come through here and there. Um, a lot of times I'm able to, to help people. I, I don't really necessarily do what I would call readings but people will ask me for help about something and usually I can get information to come through. Yeah. And that's especially true if, if <laughs> like, you know, if my sister's lost something, she'll call me and say, Hey, can you help me found, find this? And, you know, I'll just take a moment and I'll say, okay, well look here, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and then cause she had lost her keys and where I told her to look, that's where they were she lives in Austin. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and that's the interesting thing is that we're all capable of that, but I think it takes either just being aware of it and tapping into it, or in your case and other people's cases, when you um, have a shared death experience or near death experience, as they call them, you're suddenly reminded of the, your ability to do that. So that's why you're able to do that. And some people I think are just born with different brain structure that allows them to pick up on that frequency. But you and I, now we know it's there. So we can go, we can voluntarily tap into it because we're like, oh, I already know it's accessible to me. And I do the same thing. It's funny today. I just on a whim was like, I'm going to go in and play the lottery. And I went in there and I deliberately picked numbers. I said, okay, I'm going to put one, one, one because angel numbers. And then I just said, spirit, show me the next number. And I put eight. I just, I did that with the other the other card too. I went up to the counter and the woman there said, one, 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 eight. Those are the numbers I play. She said every single time she said, I've been playing them for years, the same exact number sequence. And I, you know, I just thought how interesting. I mean, I said, well, hopefully it's a sign that we're going to win. But the other thing is maybe I could have tapped into her, her energy, but it was so interesting just how now I know that when I do things, I tap into intuition in, um, intentionally. Whereas before I'd go, I'm going to play the lottery. I'm going to put six, 52, 39. And now I actually stop a second and say, give me the next one. Give me the next one. I'm not saying I'm, I've won it yet, but that's, I haven't played in so long. So I just think it's interesting if we all just sort of listen, like first before, if we have to make a decision, just real quick, what are we, what are we feeling in that moment? And I did want to ask you too, um, about several things that might, I have so many questions. One is, I'd love to talk about your brother too. And you did say that he gives you signs all the time. Um, well, okay, there are two questions that sort of blends into one. One is, do you have any insight in hindsight about why you were quote unquote chosen to have this experience or why you had this experience? That's the first part of my question. I'll stop there and let you answer that. Well, I think that I had this experience because my brother and I were very close. We grew up together and, you know, being the oldest, I was always 
charged with looking out for him when we were growing up. And, you know, my brother, like I said, he had come and stayed with us one summer in Houston and, you know, he was working and everything. And we were just, that's just the way we were. We were close. And so when this happened, I just feel like that he had to, he felt he had to come back to me to help me because I was just a mess. And uh, like my mother actually had a dream about him, but he came to her as a deer in the dream. And he came up to her and she knew it was him. And she said to him, son, you need to come back to me right now. And, you know, she said that a couple of times to him. And he looked at her as this deer and he said, mama, I can't come back. And then he, as the deer, he turned around and began slowly walking away. And my mother said that it brought real comfort to her and it kind of helped her over the hump. And I think that that is, um, and you know, the fact that he was, doing these microwave buttons at my dad and his wife's house, you know, I think he did all these things that, you know, wasn't just me. Now, yes, I had a whole other huge experience beyond those kinds of things, but um, that's just the way he was. He was a very loving, fun guy, had a lot of friends, uh, you know, I just never knew him to say anything bad about anybody. And, uh, that's just, that was just his nature. And so I think that he felt our huge sadness and sorrow. And he just felt being who he is energetically, even now, I think he felt that he needed to do this uh, in, in different ways for different people. So I had that um, feeling too about it. Oh. Just listening today to one of your interviews. And I thought, I asked myself the question, I wonder why some people have this experience and, and why others don't, um, which I don't know how to answer the second part, but I just think, I just thought I had this image of him as a spirit sort of having this particular ability or, um, I don't know, consulting with the other members of the, whatever goes on over there and kind yeah. of saying, you know, I need to just kind of run it. I need to quick, go take care of something down there, quote unquote. Um, but it just feels all, it feels very much like uh, it's a wonderful life. Just that I, I have some business, yeah. like, you know, I have some business to take care of. And it really does feel like that was something he just was like, I can't, none of us are going to move on if I don't do this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, yeah. And, and I, I, I feel like, you know, um, you know, until you ask me this question, I'd never really thought about that. But that's what seemed to come through to me. Yeah. That he, just because of who he was here, um, just being the great guy that he was, and uh, and that that he would have done that, he would have naturally thought to do that. Let's say. Yeah. Uh, to come back and try to help people here, because that's the way he was. You know, I never yeah. knew him to be mean to anybody or. Or anything like that. He just had a wonderful heart and great energy. And um, so, yeah, it, and like I said, it was for, for a lot more people than just myself, although I feel like I probably had probably the deepest kind of experience. Um, but uh, that's just who he was. Right. And, and, you know, as I mentioned to you before, you know, he still reaches out to me here and there it's not as much as it used to be because I'm sure he feels that you know I'm doing okay and, yeah. and, and everybody's doing all right and like my dad is deceased now and um, my mom is in an assisted living home and stuff like that so you know time marches on of course for us all but you know um, one day I was sitting here at my desk in my little office at home and, you know, all of a sudden, this book from the topmost shelf, I've got these two bookcases that are in front of my desk area there. And this book just comes flying out 
this was from the top shelf <laughs> and it flies clear across the, the to the other side of the room and you know i was just sitting here real quietly i was working on something and i mean i jumped a foot out of my chair yeah and, and i stood up and i said donnie cut it out i know that's you <laughs> yeah and, and i had to kind of laugh at myself it's like <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm shouting at a spirit, I guess. <laughs> right. But I'm sure he was laughing on the other side. There's no question in my mind. Um, but yeah, yeah, there, you know, there've been um, things here, here and there, for example. Uh, I used to have this, this uh, framed photo. I know he was in it. I can't even remember who else was in it, but uh, at my house and this was, you know, within the last several years uh, after his, his death. But I would come home and this framed photo that included him in it, it would be turned face down. And this happened over and over and over again. And, you know, I tried shaking the table or whatever that this thing was on, although it was some, on something really solid. And, I tried slamming the door really hard to see if I could make the thing fall. Never happened. Never happened what I tried. And then I'd come home and I'd find this thing turned down. So I just took it as a sign that he was wanting, this was another way he was wanting me to know that he was still alive and still around. And, um, and so look, even now, I mean, talking, this was, that was 1983 when that, stuff first first started happening and you know now it's uh, 2022 and I'm I'm still having these funky things happen yeah <laughs> that I know he's doing you know so I love that I love that message because I think that's why I am doing this podcast for the most part is because I do think it's important for people to hear these stories because death feels so final and obviously it doesn't take away the grief to know this to believe this even, um, because as you said, grief is grief. You're, you're still going to miss him in his human form and right. talking and laughing and taking vacations together and all the things. But I really do think that there's such a pervasive fear of death among humanity. I mean, we're all afraid of, you know, we don't know what it is. Like most of us, you know, we don't know what it is. Right. We fear it. We don't know it. And when we lose somebody, it's agony. And so if there's any shred of hope in this, I, I really think it's important to spread the word and hope that, you know, hope that people will come to know that it is true, that it yes. is something true without pushing it on anybody. I just think it's, it's nice to know that, yes, it's going to be painful, but always remember that there really is no death. Life continues. It's in a different form, but it continues. Your life will continue and your human life will end at some point and then you will continue to to live and be together with those loved ones and I just think that's such a beautiful thing to be reminded of um did you find after this happened to you a lot of people who have near-death experiences come back come back and then have a difficult time acclimating to the world as it is did you have that sensation at all was it was it strange for you or did it just sort of enhance your human experience I had the experience with my brother. You know, I think that initially I just spent a lot of time thinking about what had happened to me. Um, but, you know, and to me, it was like a gift to me to carry with me um, for the rest of my life, you know, knowing that, you know, he's, He's really still around and this energy is always going to be here. And for me, I don't fear death at all. Um, I just look at it as for what I know that it will be. You know, the worst part is your physical body. If you're dying and you're experiencing a lot of pain, I mean, that's far worse than just going ahead and taking the step across the veil into eternity yeah. you know uh i i would um say that i i fear 
something like that where you're incapacitated or you're you're really sick for a long time I fear that although I don't really think about it I don't you know focus on that yeah. focus on living my life and that sort of thing but I think if if that were to happen that would be much more disconcerting you know dying is you know when we say the word dying and death we get these terrible images and feelings it just automatically for most people comes in that way but you know because death when you say that word it sounds so final uh and it is as far as your physical body but you know you go on you go on your consciousness and who you are it's still there when you cross over and so i i just don't fear it I, I would rather just have it, um, uh, obviously, I would rather have it happen uh, quickly if I'm going to go rather than, than have to linger with some disease or whatever. But I don't even really worry about that. You know, I just try to do what I need to do in life, experience happiness, uh, you know, have fun while I can, and, uh, wrote this book, and, you know, I wrote that not only to share my story, but really to reach out and help people who are in the same spot that I was in 1983, Yeah, you know, in the midst of this horrible, dark, deep place of sorrow and loss that you just can't climb out of. You don't even, you just, you don't know what you're going to do. And that's why I wrote that book yeah. uh, to share not only what happened to me, but so that I can help other people perhaps understand a little bit more about the idea of death, um, that it doesn't have to be thought of as just so final, right? Uh, that there are, there will come a day when you'll be with those people's energies again. Mm-hmm. Um, but understanding that as we go through our own life, um, sure, we're going to experience some sorrow and that sort of thing. But if you know and accept and understand that our loved ones, you know, they're still, they're still around. They're just in another dimension or another space or whatever. Um, but they're there and it's not like we're, we're never going to see them again. And, you know, I don't, uh, I don't suppose that I know everything there is to know about the afterlife and, you know, what comes next and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But um, it's, in the end, it's, it's all good. You know, the yeah. energies will all be uh, united. But, of course, the waiting here on earth, I'll just say waiting, mm-hmm. um, we just have to go on and live our lives. And, but, you know, being human, I mean, I still have every once in a great while, not very often, but there will be um, some memory of growing up with Donnie and some of the fun times that we had or whatever. And I will be completely put back into that space of remembering his energy and being with him. And I mean, even now to talk about it, you know, it still is always going to touch you in your heart because that person that you had so much fun or loved so much or whatever isn't physically here with you to share this. But eventually, you know, it all comes around in terms of we're all back together. And so when I, now that I'm older, what I try to do is remember that 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 is the case, you know? Yeah. Laura Jackson, I think the medium, I think she has a hyphenated name and I always forget it when I do this, but I always <laughs> remember that she said that we're all uh, living, we're all just in a play. And af- after the play's over, we all meet up backstage. I love that. Yeah. That. We're just living yeah. out a play right now. And then we're all going to be in the same form at the same time again and in different forms at the same time, which is yes. uh, so interesting as well. And what does your life look like now today, just day-to-day generally with this new perspective? I'm sure sometimes you 
are just being a human and forgetting not forgetting but obviously not focusing on spirituality 24 7 um but generally how would you say that you're what what does your life look like now today in light of this experience well you know as i said i i look at life and i just know that eventually my life will be done and i'll be on the other side but as far as um, living here, you know, you just try to experience all the good things that you can while you're here and remember the good times that you had and be grateful for those, those memories that you have. Um, but, you know, like now for me, once, once I retired, after you know a long career, for me, my life is about sharing this with people to help them. Uh, and for me, being the age that I am and having learned so much through life already, uh, I, I feel like I can bring to bear that experience to help other people. And for okay. me, that is what it's all about now. I, I like to tell people about this and share because I know that there are people out there hurting uh, and suffering from the losses and it takes a while. And so it's almost like I'm trying to throw these people a lifeline by sharing my story and saying, I know how bad it hurts when you lose someone and it's not easy to get over, <laughs> which you're never over having someone uh, be gone from your life for the rest of your time that you're here on earth. It's never, you're never over that. You just learn how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. That's what happens when you really love people. Right, exactly. And I wanted you to share, uh, we will have links at, at the bottom in the description, but I do, um, I, I will put the link to your book there. But I also, you had also talked about a meditation that you, you are offering. And I'd love to hear about that. Yes, I developed um, this meditation that's called um, Meld into Spirit Technique or Mist. And it's it's actually, I don't know that I really think of it as like a meditation because I actually uh, set it up to, to be done with your eyes open and to, to be able to do this kind of wherever you are. Now, I wouldn't advise doing it when you're driving, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you're out in a park or walking around or, uh, you know, you're just looking for a way to have a couple of moments uh, to kind of reconnect with everything. But it, it is called Meld into Spirit Technique. And um, it's, as I said, it's meant to be done with your eyes open. And it's really about using your imagination, your vision of looking around at, at everything around you and envisioning um, what really this is and what everything is uh, that exists is really the energy of spirit, basically, in my opinion, everything that's, whether it's the universe itself, whether it's earth, whether it's a star, whether it's a moon, it's all at the very basic, most energetic level, you know, it's all part of the energy of spirit. And so the idea is to take that as the basis. And, and what I have people do is look at everything around you, wherever you are, whether you're sitting in your office or out walking in the park, and just begin to visualize kind of letting go of what you're actually seeing. And, and let it let your visualization be where everything just starts melting together and it all just becomes one. 
in terms of like the light energy of spirit or or just life or whatever and and just visualizing everything becoming one as you're looking at it and walking around just visualizing that in your mind's eye that everything that you see is actually that is actually what it is everything is one already <laughs> so the idea is to try and visualize that uh, consciously and realize that um, this everything is the energy of spirit it's where everything has come from and that's who we are that's what everything is around us and to you know achieve that state in your mind's eye of that and go to that place where you are just in feeling that you are one with everything now um, on my website i do have i did a powerpoint show about uh, uh, mist and um, then I turned it into a video so that's posted on my blog so twice during that you can you know you can uh, move forward in the video if you want to just do the, the areas where I'm, the meditation is provided or actually it's just I call it a visualization and um, but it's it's posted on the blog on my website and uh, you can play that and I've had really great feedback from people who have uh, started doing that. I can't wait to try it. In fact, I realized that just the last week I've been doing that without even thinking about it. I just, when I'm out and about, I start to look at everything. I don't even know how to explain it. I just keep telling yeah. myself to sort of dissolve the yes. 3D and just perceive it as the 5d or the whatever it's called i just keep telling myself just to look around and dissolve the 3d and just absorb the spirituality of it all um, and it's just sort of like a thing i've been doing that just kind of came to me and it's so interesting the timing of you saying that because i feel like it all kind of comes together and i'm really looking forward to doing your visualization yeah well um and because I wanted to be able to provide people with something, you know, just what you're describing, where uh, it's a it's a daily daily way of reminding yourself that we're all one, that everything is one, and to get to that point, even of feeling and experiencing spirit as part of that, that we're all part of it, and then and, and by doing that, it enables you to just being in that state it enables you to understand or to feel i guess that everything is not so different than we think you know yeah. at, at another level everything is melded together as this spiritual energy and um you know that's why i decided to call it meld into spirit technique because it's about becoming part of that whole thing um without necessarily having to think of a lot of words about it and that and that sort of thing so yeah it's um it's a kind of a different approach visualization yeah i do i do it sometimes when i have to wait in a line or something where normally yeah. i'd be bored i just when i was at the dmv the other day i just kind of went okay i'm just going to sort of sink into meditation and just feel everything around me and just be present and see everything as sort of an illusion right now. And it's a, it's just a dream. This is all just a dream. And somehow it just, it, it makes it not boring and it makes it more interesting. And I also sometimes try to see if I can uh, channel spirit, not that I'm going to say anything about it, but just, I look at someone and I think I'm getting the following information. I don't, I don't ever test it out on them. I just like to try it to sort of communicate with I'm hanging out with spirit I'm never bored yeah. that's that's the beauty of it so I love that and can you tell us just for those who might want to write it down what your website address is well if you just type in www.paulalinsauthor all one word dot com it's l-e-n-z as in zebra yes l-e-n-z paula Lins thank you so much and is, is there anything you'd like to leave us with 
last words of wisdom? I know that's a, that's a very, very broad question. You know, I, I would just say, uh, just take every day, one day at a time and enjoy the state of being human <laughs> because that's really what we're here to do, to have the essence of being a human being and yet still having spirit be at the core of who we are. I love it. And we're leaving it there because that it couldn't have ended more, more succinctly and beautifully. Thank you so much, Paula, for being here today, for sharing your story, not just with me and my listeners, but with everyone that you can possibly share it with, because you are doing such good work. Well, thank you so very much. I really enjoyed being on your show. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Yay.